everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Book More Show. It's uh, Stuart here with Dean. And today we're going to go through uh, some of the titles and covers that we particularly like from the books that we've done so far. So we get quite a lot of feedback. And Susan, I know certainly when she's dealing with people on boarding, talks about titles and, and subheadings quite a lot to really communicate that message. So I thought this would be a good, fun, mm. play along at home show to uh, talk about some of the ones we we like why we like them and uh i probably should start with an apology it's to very exciting. it is and i'll tell you why it's been interesting so looking down the list when we were just getting ready to do the uh to do the show looking down the list it's difficult to pick because there's so many the designers of uh glenn and sarah over here have done such a fantastic job um yeah i probably should apologize really to Susan when she listens to this because we've been talking about doing this show for a while and i've kind of uh jumped ahead and pushed her off so uh season will do another well, one well forget about that you should be apologizing to me for doing all these episodes and this is my first <laughs> that is a very good point you are you're in demand there we go we were yeah exactly we were warning warming so people the, up for the good stuff it's all very exciting mm, there we go okay so for those playing okay, on at cool. home then, so you want to start and pick up yeah, I think so. For those playing along at home, if you go to 90minutebooks.com forward slash gallery, and then you can see the particular titles that we're looking at. So when you're thinking about a cover and a title for your own book, then that will uh, give you something to to uh, go against. So the first one I picked out, I think because it was a visual one, was The Focus Edge by Phil Randanzo. Um to me, every time mm-hmm. I look at the gallery, this one stands out. It's very eye-catching. I was saying to someone last week that uh, when thinking about covers and designs, it's kind of the covers spark the, the reaction, the kind of emotional reaction catches the eye, and then the title and the subheading compels mm-hmm. an action. So you kind of got that reaction-action synergy thing coming together. And this one, really, because it's got the – there's a lot of dynamic movement in the in the cover, so it really catches the eye. And then the title and subheading. So the title's The Focus Edge and the subtitle is How Entrepreneurs Get Shit Done. So it really is quite <laughs> to the point. There's not really much messing around. It's, uh, Phil's done a couple of books to know him quite well. And it's definitely that, uh, uh, his emotion of getting stuff done really comes through in that cover. So it's always interesting that kind of blend between being overly designed and just the right amount of design to catch attention. Yeah, well, you know, I think part of the thing about the covers is that it's really got to be about the title. Um, you know, that that's really the first thing, because that's what's going to um, tell the story about what the what the book is about, you know. And I mean, the focus edge definitely has, gives you a sense of what, um, this is, especially when you say the, the subtitle and, um, you know, the, the thing that the only thing that people have to kind of make their decision based on is the, uh, cover and the title of your book, you know, I mean, it's so how it's the only thing. And that's why I put so much emphasis on really thinking through what the title is and what um, the benefit of actually reading the book. See, I've always said that the reason that the 90 minute book is such a 
um, great tool is that it gives you 80% of the value of the, the book is the fact that you have a book and the title and the cover. You know, when you look at those things, that's what people are going to make that decision based on. And I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the gallery here and I mean, we have two really great designers who I would put these books up against any books that you see anywhere. These are just outstanding. You know, when you see them, um, this isn't even all of them for sure, but the, um, the way that when you look at this, you, you could see these are really great professional looking books. And so there's something about the psychology of that when people are making a decision um, or presented with the opportunity to get a book, you know, um, they look at the title and if you can convey to people that there's a benefit to it, that it's going to be valuable to them, that upon seeing it, people who you want to be in a conversation with immediately say, I want that. And the yeah. focus edge does that. It's really, you know, it's kind of, um, focus is one of those great emotionally loaded words. It's the promise of a, an answer to a question, I think, isn't it? With no kind of ambiguity, it yeah. clearly says it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, and that's why. So, my if I'm looking through here, the first one that jumps out at me is Lisa Sasevich. Boost your sales. How to use irresistible offers without being salesy. I mean, that just says everything that you want it to say, you know, um, you see that there's an immediate benefit for reading this book and you're going to, um, say, you know what, if that's something that, that I'm interested in, then this is going to be a good tool for me. And, you know, part of the, the benefit of putting all that emphasis into the title and the cover um, is that nobody knows whether this book is 50 pages or 250 pages. It does not matter. That's why the 90-minute book works so well, because it doesn't make the boat go faster. And when I say that, I, it's a term that I use all the time. It's like, is if we're looking at the purpose of the book is to get you engaged in a conversation with the ideal person that you can help, you know, the book is just a gateway into a relationship. So if the people that you want to be in a relationship with are, um, if you can tap into uh, a title and a, a cover that speaks to them in a way that says, oh, that's for me. I want that. It's not making the boat go faster, meaning it's not improving the response to the book if it's 250 pages versus 50 pages. It doesn't yeah. matter because nobody knows. They don't know that. All they see is it's a book which is immediately embedded in our consciousness that this is valuable. And this person that wrote this book is an expert. And I want the benefit that this title is offering. Yeah. That's all that matters there. So the fact that it's, you know, 50 pages or 250 pages doesn't matter.
I think we were having a conversation last week with um, with Betsy, I think it was, about the the effectiveness of a bigger book versus a smaller book. And that for a lot of mm. people, the downside of even trying to do a bigger book is that there's so much resistance. It's such a big job. It's such a difficult job. And then you run into the risk of trying to be all things to all people rather than specifically answering well, one question, as you say, starting the conversation. Right. And you can, but, you know, do that. If you've got more to say about something, then package it differently yeah. as, uh, you know, use this as a lead in and then save all that other good stuff that you have and put together a modular training course that you can sell for $500 or $1,000 or $1,500. I mean, it's so fun. I mean, I'm a user of this exact system. You know, I mean, we have uh, our email mastery book is a essentially a 90 minute book transcripts from the, I love marketing podcast where Joe and I did a few episodes about email, but run, you know, full page ads in success magazine, run Facebook campaigns, people download the book for free and then offer them a $1,500 blast or course on, um, on email mastery. And that has been far more useful for people and profitable than putting all of that information in a big 250 page or 300 page book. Exactly. So even from the, uh, the receiver, the consumer's point of view, the likelihood of reading that mm-hmm. 250 page book, I was, uh, again, gave the example just uh, right. a couple of weeks ago, I've bought endless numbers of books. And since the invention of Kindle, it's even worse because there's not the, uh, the guilt of having it sat visibly on a shelf, but the amount of books I've bought with the absolute right. 100% intention of reading every page, uh, but then not because yeah. life happens. So delivering something afterwards. Well, that, I just saw really great stats about how the readership of books. Now that everything's going to Kindle, they showed the thing that some crazy number like uh, i want to say and i'm i reserve the right to be wrong but the essence <laughs> of this is that 20 or 30 percent it was uh, it was definitely less than than 50 percent of people ever read past the first 100 pages of of a book and that's that's measured data from all the Kindle and ebook um, right. users, they can see how far you get into a book. And those are bestsellers. Best yeah. Books that aren't bestsellers fare even worse. And again, like I say, it comes back to the job of work. Well, the next one I add on the list kind of reinforces that uh, don't get carried away with the design and just offer a, offer a title that, uh, that, sells the solution so that's tyler's book tyler osby's book the rent-free solution so this one keeps coming back because it's such mm-hmm. a perfect incarnation of of this approach so the title is the rent-free solution the subheading is how to stop renting buy a home in des moines and live in it for free now every single word mm-hmm. on that page has conveys the meaning to this single target market that tyler's looking to engage 
Um, it's a relatively mm-hmm. blank, um, it, it's a white background with just a, a key fob and a key up in the top corner. So I think he's using every single mm-hmm. last bit of real estate there to, to get the point mm-hmm. across and identify the exact people that he can help. It's, uh, it's a really great example mm-hmm. of, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's targeted to a single target market. He's got a very clear understanding of who he's yeah. trying to target and then can quickly and easily get this book out, start collecting leads. And if he's got a second market six months down the track, then there could be another book that looks at uh, maybe a different area instead of Des Moines or a different solution. And that, you know, that works um, perfectly with um, postcards, with Facebook campaigns, all within looking for the specific target market. And of course, Tyler's able to um, help people get a loan. You know, that, that's what his core business is, and that's what, his, um, that's what his intention is, is he wants to be in a conversation with people who are renting right now because they think that it would cost more money to, to buy a house when he's got a way to actually show them how to live for less money than they're paying in yeah. rent right now, and in some cases live for free, yeah, and, and own the house, so... That's a uh, that's a really great example of a specific, you know, solution oriented kind of cover. And I think this is the difference that I it's, like. It. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really hits the mark. And I think this single target market approach, mm-hmm. as opposed to a broader book, really appeal to the group of people that you can best work with. Being able to do this quickly and easily, and have something that's very targeted like this, mm-hmm. perfect example. Mm-hmm. I like it. How about a number two? Do you have a number two? Well, a second one, perhaps, rather than number two. I do. <laughs> I'd say, There's I no would rankings. say a, um, yeah, yeah. I like the title um, Return on Safety. Yeah. Ensuring a positive return on your investment in workplace safety. And that, um, you know, originally, I think we were, uh, I talk about this one. I actually now that I look at it, I think I give it a better um, subhead than <laughs> turning workplace. I, I had a subhead for that one was um, turning workplace safety into a competitive advantage and bottom line profits. And that, you know, taking something that, uh, and this was one of the earlier um, books that we did. And uh, Doug has really, you know, had a great experience with this because it elevates something that is decidedly unsexy, a workplace safety, which is nothing more um, in the mind, you know, commoditized than posters and, and the, you know, the, yeah. what, when you think about that, the kind of thing is people think about it from, we've got to do our compliance there, but Doug's very passionate about it and he's very, um, skilled at it and knows how to do things in the way that you approach it that actually does create a competitive advantage and creates bottom line profits, even through um, less um, downtime from accidents, a better morale, better, um, you know, easy to recruit and retain workers. There's so many upsides to having, uh, to focusing on, on workplace safety, but speaking the language of return on safety. And we've, I've seen there's several books that we've done in that 
um, in that vein because I've, I've talked about that <laughs> yeah. a lot of, yeah, return on hygiene and return on anything that you can show, something that people wouldn't otherwise think about monetarily. If you can turn it into a, um, you know, a bottom line sort of approach where people can get a return on that, that's a, that's a win and it elevates what you're doing in their, uh, in their mind. Particularly, as you say, for something that's happening anyway, for things that are mandatory, there's no way around it. Creating a competitive advantage by doing it in a more effective way is something that's right. Anyone you might as well space, embrace it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's no way yeah. around it. It's not something you can avoid. Yeah, it's interesting. That one comes up as an example quite often, being one of the earlier ones that we did. It's, uh, it's interesting to see how many mm-hmm. people have then been inspired by that. I think the mm-hmm. third one that I picked out then in a similar vein, conveying a conveying a very clear message to a particular group is uh, Jim Hacking's staying here. So Jim's a immigration mm-hmm. attorney. The particular group of people that he was working with is um, international students that are coming to the end of their study. So it's not so much... Um, people coming into the country but it's it's people already here and that that's staying here you'd uh, as we were talking before i wrote down the words uh, emotional language as we were talking about the the focused edge but staying here i think ticks that box as well i mean if you could i don't think mm-hmm. you could pick a better title that absolutely embodied what those guys are thinking of at that time what their desire is yeah yeah absolutely and i think that having that passion behind it uh or Passions maybe not the right words, but having the emotional connection, not so much from the point of view of you as the writer, but really putting yourself in the position of the reader and what is it that they're looking at. We have quite a few people um, come to it from the point of view of technical language of the business, or perhaps they're focused a little bit too much on the outcome that they want to achieve themselves rather than putting them in the position of the reader. So I think for people to take a moment Mm -hmm. and kind of really think about that, that customer avatar, really think like you said in the past, imagine that that person's just walked into the office. What, what would you say to them? What's the type of language that, uh, that they'd be using? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at, now, one, this is the first time I'm laying eyes on this, is having seen it. The uh, live to 126. How to live a very long and healthy life by Dr. Jim Morris. Now, that is a very, very interesting title. Very specific and very, like, uh, you know, th- that's uh, that's pretty cool. You'd at least, if that's something, it's longevity is is on your um, radar, that's something that would be very, very um, interesting, you know? Do you think 126 gives it more credibility than 125? It seems like a more considered number. There seems to be math behind 126 as opposed to a round number. I, you know, you have to wonder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And why 126? It's like such a, uh, yeah, very specific uh, number. It's great. It's like one better than the highest number that people probably say. It's like this one goes to 11. <laughs> it's, this uh, is a beautiful cover. Was this Glenn or Sarah that did this one? Uh, I'm not sure. If uh, if you talk for a little bit longer, I'll, I'll just have a quick look in the system. 
But uh, as, you funny, yeah. the, as you looked down the list, the uh, or the the whole gallery, like mm-hmm. you were saying, the variety of the covers and the, I mean, just the yeah. undoubted professionalism of them. I mean, it's interesting. I see them every day, obviously passing three, but it's not until you take a moment and look at them collectively that you realise how, um, yeah, just what a we've done a, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me have a quick look whilst uh, I'll be quiet for a minute while you're talking and uh, take a quick look. Okay. So I, I think that the big lesson here is, you know, the, the cover, we're going to make the cover look great. We're, we're really, I mean, there's, we haven't had a dud of a cover in, in the whole bunch. I mean, in hundreds of books. And so the cover is going to look great. What's more important is to really, is what does it say? You know, and I think that that's the, um, that's the magic is to convey a title that really speaks to your ideal audience. And it's really just about beginning with the end in mind. You know, if you're, if you're beginning that the whole thing is we want to get in conversation with people who we can help. So we backtrack and start to think about, well, what would they really want? Like, where are they now? And what would be something that would help start that conversation? You know, even if it's different than what they think right now, I mean, even if they don't know what they don't know, so you have to meet them where they are. And by that, I mean, um, you know, something that is going to just start the conversation is different maybe than the destination that you're going to, they're going right. to end up with. You know, yeah. I think immediately of hip, hypnotize your husband. And, you know, I have real, I'm very, um, that's one of the very first ones we did. I actually created this with, um, I named, uh, um, Yevgeny was this is his real name, but I named him Yuri Zoloff. And hypnotize your husband is just such a curiosity-inducing book that you know when you're speaking to um, uh, somebody who is going to be attracted to that, that's a gateway into all the other things that hypnosis can do. You know, because they might not be sort of um, attracted to a book called uh, about what hypnosis can do for them, all the other things, including yeah. smoking and weight loss and, and all, all, the, um, all of those things. But now that you're starting the conversation about hypnosis, you get to use the conversation about the husband to demonstrate how hypnosis works and start a conversation that leads to them doing other um other types of hypnosis on with themselves i think that's a fascinating point isn't it to remind people that it is the gateway it's the start of the conversation it's not convincing people of an answer or getting people to think about your mindset Mm -hmm. it's just the start of the conversation towards attracting the people who self-select themselves as interested well, and in aligned. That's exactly it. I just had tea with Julie Matthews, who is a um, hypnosis practitioner and uh, a hypnotist. And um, this cover is not on here yet, but we've got in the works a book called 
willpower, schmillpower, right? <laughs> Why trying to lose weight almost never works and what to do instead. So it doesn't even bring hypnosis into the conversation in the beginning. It talks about willpower, how ineffective willpower is in trying to lose weight. So we start off with a sentiment that everybody can relate to willpower, schmillpower, you know, that's just <laughs> such a uh, nice transition, you know, and, and um, to explain why willpower doesn't work, why it fails exactly. You can relate to exactly what happens and then get, you know, bridge that to why that's happening is because your deeper subconscious is what's really in control. Yeah. And then you start that conversation and lead people to, um, at the end of the book, an opportunity to call and listen to a recorded message that will tell you whether you can be hypnotized. And so always leading to the next step, you know, that's really the, the title and the, the cover is really just the first step in the conversation that yeah. turns the invisible prospect into a visible prospect yeah i think that's key isn't it it is a uh, it's almost a, a superpower i think people are quite uh, quite familiar with that type of approach in a direct marketing campaign or a postcard campaign or an adwords campaign but i think letting people know that it's now possible with a slightly different tool a slightly different asset uh it, it really opens up a whole other category of, of people to to appeal to and then also carries through with it some of the authority of being a published author but uh that's secondary to mm -hmm. the direct response approach of here's a single target market meet them in the conversation that they're having um i just looked back at right. uh, live to 126 and it was a glenn linton special so ah good i figured that's good yeah, it is good. Yeah. Uh, we should have, I'm going to reach out to Jim as well and uh, see if we can do a, a show in the future. We just had uh, uh, Glenn McQueenie on last week talking about the the doors that his oh, books nice. opened. Um, Jim's had yeah. used quite a lot of physical books uh, in his campaigns. He's, he's ordered quite uh, quite a lot. So I think if we can get uh, get him mm -hmm. on the show and look at, uh, look at the success he's had. Perfect. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's... Uh, wrap up there i think that was a, a good run through again anyone that wants to to play along at home if you just go to 90minutebooks.com forward slash gallery and you can see all of the covers that we've been talking about today and uh, and a lot of the other ones that we've done it's a it's a great resource for people trying to get inspiration on on both titles and and design any mm -hmm. any final words from uh from over there yeah, I think that there's, you know, I mean, you're going to, when you look at the gallery, you're going to see all the covers are, are awesome. They're all, it's going to be great. The cover's going to be great. But I, I think that, um, you know, picking a cover, you could have a cover as simple as the one that um, Tyler Osby has. It, the cover is, um, I, I would say to people, you know, don't sweat it as much as you might, you know, like <laughs> the little things like this, this shade of blue versus this shade or this, uh, you know, uh, the little things. I just look at the, the, the big thing and say, 
is it going to make the boat go faster? You know, yeah. the, spend your time sweating over the title and let's, you know, get the cover. Let's get the, um, you know, a good looking cover and get it out into the world. That's really it, you know? Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Uh, let's uh, wrap up there and we'll catch you on the next show. Thank you. Thanks.